Um, let's pray and let's jump in. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you in the beauty of your holiness. We thank you that we get to celebrate uh, your birth during this time of year. And we just thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we kind of did things a little different, and really we didn't mean to do it this way. Uh, I was putting everything together for the uh, version app uh, for Sunday for Pastor Ted. I said, well, just send me your stuff, and I'll put it together, and I'll get it up. And uh, I kind of got excited reading his notes. <laughs> um, so I told him when he came in, I, I actually grabbed him, pulled him into my office Sunday morning. I said, let's just take Wednesday nights and go into this subject. Citizens of the kingdom. And uh, he done a, such a fantastic job Sunday. And like I said, I just got excited reading his notes. So uh, I wanted to just make it a series. Um, so we'll be bouncing off back and forth. And so until the Lord changes us and tells us different, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at citizens of the kingdom. Um, and so... Uh, one thing that uh, he said that uh, really stood out to me was that Christianity is not a good religion. It's a kingdom. Jesus never said, if you'll uh, seek first the religion, he said, seek first the kingdom. And uh, that is so profound that if we would get that, it would completely change our lives. If we would really get that we are not part of a religion, we're part of a kingdom, it, it would really turn our lives around. And so I want to uh, minister today uh, on restoration of the kingdom. So if you've got a Bible and if you're using the Version app, they are on, the notes are on there. So you can go on there and save that. Uh, just go to events, look up Harvest Christian Fellowship, hit save, and you can go back and read them anytime. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, Oh, thank you. He says, but you are a chosen race. You are a chosen generation. Uh, I'm reading out of uh, the modern English version. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Again, he doesn't say you are a religion. He says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. He said, and a holy nation, he said, goes on to say, a people for God's own possession. Man, you need to grab that real quick. You are a people for God's possession. That means you are his. Oh. And let me tell you something. He knows how to take care of what's his. He knows how to reach in. He knows how to touch. He can take care. He said, so you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a, a, a people for God's own possession so that you may declare the goodness of him who has called you, get this, who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Man, the moment we said yes to Jesus, he reached into, uh, into the spirit realm and pulled us right out of darkness and set us right into light. So not only are you part of a kingdom, but you are part of the light that illuminates the universe. Uh, you are part of the light that illuminates the universe. I want to read this again, but I want to read it out of the message, not the message, yeah, no, the Passion Translation. Read it out of this same thing out of the Passion Translation. 
He said, but you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. He said, you are God's chosen treasure. You are priests who are kings. You see, we, 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 a lot of times we miss this. Even going back, and I'm going to steal probably some of his stuff uh, from a few weeks. It's, it, you know, we go back to David, and we, we see that in David, he operated in three different... He operated as a priest. He operated as a king. He operated as a prophet. When we look at Jesus, Jesus operated in these three categories as well. And so what he's saying, he says, I've made you a generation just like me. You are priests who are kings. You are, in other words, if you're a king, that means you are a ruling and reigning factor. Mm. If you're a king, and we're talking about citizens of a kingdom, see, this is the thing. When God brought us into his kingdom, he didn't just make us citizens. He made every citizen a king to share in his royalty, to share where he wants to be. That's why Ephesians says this, tells us that we are called to sit with him in heavenly places. Our seated position is on the throne with God himself. God is, he is so not worried about this that he says, come up here and sit with me. And we will rule and reign and make decisions from heaven of how the earth will operate. If we would understand that we are priests who declare the word of God, but we are kings who decree the word of God. Mm. You are a priest that declares the word of God, but you're a king that decrees. When a king makes a decree, everything has to follow, fall in line. And so what he's telling us here, he says, you are a priest to declare and kings to decree. He goes on to say, you are a spiritual nation set apart as God, God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders through the world. Folks, if we would just grab the reality of that verse. You imagine a body of Christ who would grab the reality that we're more than just sinners saved by grace. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. See, that's because we have a double mindset. You can't be a sinner and saved at the same time. And we still try to live in both those worlds. I was a sinner, and I was a good one. All right? I was a sinner. But there came a time at 663 Ivydale Drive in Westerville, Ohio, where he told me, he said, you know what you need. And he took me out of a kingdom of, he took me out of a realm of darkness and set me into light. And he called me a king priest so that what I declare to people will bring them into the kingdom. But what I decree on the earth will change the very earth around me. The church has yet to grasp her true power. We talk about it, Galen and I talk about it all the time. The ecclesia. The church has yet to grasp that they are the ecclesia, the ruling, reigning factor. And people say, oh, well, that's just crazy. But we got to understand, Jesus came to restore us back to the kingdom life, not just to say. 
He did not come, and I'm going to show it to you tonight. He did not come just to save you from hell. He came to set you into a kingdom lifestyle. So we're going to talk about restoration of the kingdom. What does restoration mean? Restoration is the act of replacing in a former state. So he replaced our former state. It means recovery from a lapse or a bad state. So if he's going to restore something, he's going to take something that was in a bad... Anybody ever restored anything? Restored cars, restored whatever. You, and that, what are you doing? You take things that are in a bad place and you do the work necessary for that thing to look like it should have been in the beginning. Or like it was supposed to be. And so what God did with us through Jesus was took us from a bad place that mankind had gotten himself into, showed us what we were really supposed to be, and then invited us to the throne to rule and reign with him because he restored it. Mm. Restoration means the final recovery. Now this is Webster's 1828 dictionary. If you want some good definitions, find it's online. But he, he referred it back to the Bible all the time. He says that restoration is the final recovery of all men from sin and alienation from God to a state of happiness. Yes. My gosh. So what did God do when he restored us? He says, I will recover all men from sin and I will put them an alienation with God and I will put them back to a state of happiness. So what do we have to do to walk in this? Well, the first thing we have to do is understand and accept this truth. We need to repent. He brought it out Sunday and I'm going to bring it out again. You have to change. Repentance just, seems, just simply means to change your mind. Okay? You've got to change your mind about who you are, change our minds about what we are, change our minds on our association with the earth, and change our minds about our association with heaven. Because we think we're trying to get to heaven. We think we're just working to get to heaven. And we think we just got to put up with whatever comes along here in life. That it's just going to be handed to us and, and, and you have to play the, 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 the cards you're dealt. Mm. And when he says, I have made you a priest and a king. In other words, you're to declare the word of God, but you're also to decree. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I hope I can get this out to you the way... The way I get it, but that's the way you just pray for me, right? Colossians chapter 1, um, and most everything, I'll tell you if it's different, most everything tonight I, I read from the modern English version. It's just a, the one I like. He likes the new American standard. I don't know why, but he, he didn't think I knew that. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has enabled us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, where? In light. So now, what did he do? He enabled you. You've accepted Christ? Great. Now he has enabled you to receive and be a partaker 
of the inheritance that he has laid up for everyone. He doesn't play favorites here. Alice, he doesn't play favorites. He's not going to look at you and say, you know what, I really like you, so I'm going to give you all of this. But we go back here to Janet, don't like her so much. You know? So I'm not, no. What he did, when we said yes to salvation that was provided for all men, that's what he said. When we said yes to salvation that was provided for all men, he said, I am going to take you from darkness and I'm going to put you into light. And I'm going to take you from being bound and, and, and under the, the guise and the hold of sin and I'm going to set you into a place where you have the right to decree what can happen on earth, what can't happen on earth. Well, why don't we see this? Why don't we ever see it? Because we really don't believe it. It sounds good, you know? It sounds really good. But we're like, but maybe not me. There's something about me that makes me less than. But according to this, he's enabled you to be a partaker. Verse 13, Colossians 1. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness. You know what that ED on the end of that means? It's done. He delivered us from the power of darkness. Well, I just can't help but keep getting myself into this mess and I keep finding myself repeating the same habits, repeating the same sin, and it's just got such a hold on me. No, it does not. You don't have a hold on yourself. Ah, I know that's a bad thing right now. It's a personal responsibility. Nobody likes to hear that. He said, he said, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. So there is no darkness in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm, that has power over you. Do you realize who you are? You are a priest king. There is no power of darkness that has a, 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 yeah, power over you. Now look, let's finish verse 13. And has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what did he do? He walked over here, and I said, I can't take this no more. I can't run from you no more. I want what's, I want what's mine. I want that salvation. And he said, okay, I'm going to move you. And now the darkness and no power of darkness can have a hold on you anymore. And I am going to transfer you. Like if you transferred schools. You no longer go back to that school and say, this is my school. Because it's not yours anymore. And see, we don't, let, me tell you, let me tell you how we don't get rid of this. We still say things like, my sciatica. I'm going back and visiting that. Well, my arthritis. Or my this, my that, my... See, what am I doing? I'm remembering where I went to school, but I'm forgetting that he took me out of there. He put me into a new place where those things no longer have a hold on me, those things no longer have power on me, and he has set me free. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. Oh, my goodness. Some of you need to say, I don't go here anymore. <laughs> I, that's my old life. That's my old me. That addiction, that's not my addiction anymore. 
That's not my sin anymore. That's, see, he, he took me out of that. I don't go there anymore. You don't even go here. <laughs> Verse 14. I told you his, his notes fired me up. In whom, into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So he took us out where the power of darkness no longer has a hold on us, transferred us into the kingdom, shares, according to Ephesians, shares his throne with us. And half the time, I still want to go over here and remember this place where I was bullied. He transferred me because I was getting bullied in the old school. See, the power of darkness had a hold on me. Satan could do whatever he wanted to. He was the bully. He ran the school. But there was a day that I said yes, and he said, well, come on. You don't have to be bullied anymore. You don't have to be ran down anymore. You don't have to be roughshod over anymore. I will put you into a place where the power of darkness no longer has a hold on you, and I will set you free. And not only will I put you in a new place, I will let you run the new place. He says, I'll let you run the new place. Because I'm going to make you the principal. I'm going to make you the king. King, priest. Jump down to verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. And to reconcile all things to himself by him. Now, here's, here's, you got to get this. What has been reconciled to God? All things. Why do we still, oh, this is going to get me in trouble. Why do we still hear people say that Satan is the God of this world? When he redeemed and reconciled all things back to himself. The enemy only has power in your life where you decide to give it to him. Your life is your kingdom. It's where he's put you to reign. And so his only place, and, and, and I just read this today. When he was talking to the Corinthians, talking about the God of this world has blinded, he was actually talking about an age. That word there was aeons, like an era. He said the God of this time. He's the God of this time. But Jesus brought us a new time. He set us into a new place. Man, we've got to understand that the enemy, oh, better watch out for that devil. Why? Why? I don't live in his, I don't, I don't go to his school anymore. He don't bully me anymore. And if I'm getting bullied, guess who's doing it? I've allowed myself to go back and visit the old school where they didn't like me anyhow. Mm. And when I go back there, he decides, hey, man, you're back. Remember when I used to put your head in the toilet? What, you've never felt that before? With whatever's going on in your life, you didn't feel like he was holding your back of your head down and flushed it three or four times? 
He said, well, come on, let's go back and revisit the good old days. And then I get to thinking, those weren't good days for me. Those weren't good days for me. I was getting bullied. I was getting pressured. I was getting pushed around. But then I said yes, and I was transferred out of that into a brand new kingdom. And I was given the keys to that kingdom. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make it so good that I'll reconcile all things back to myself. Through Jesus, all things. I honestly believe he meant that. That all things have been reconciled back to God. And having made peace through the blood, I'm still in verse 20 of First Colossians 1. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him I say, whether those things are on earth or those things are in heaven. He reconciled those things that were on earth, and whether they be on earth or in heaven. Verse 21. And you who were formerly, everybody say formerly, alienated. Mm. If I was formerly, that means I'm what? Not now. He said, you who were formerly alienated <laughs> and enemies, where? Somebody say that again, where? You were formerly alienated and enemies in your mind, which led you to do what? Evil deeds, wicked works, depends on which translation you read. So where does the wicked works come from? Angie and I was talking about it yesterday. I don't need the devil to get me in trouble. I do a good all by myself. Because I was an enemy and I was alienated. And somehow in my mind, he tried to tell me that I was disconnected from God. But we got to remember, Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. In God's mind, it was all taken care of before Adam ever messed it up. Mm. Woo, that'll blow your mind when you think about it. You say, then what in the world have, I, have we allowed ourselves to be? We have created a school and an enemy and a bully. And we still wonder, why is God not doing anything? Verse 21, and you were formerly alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Woo! He has brought you into a kingdom and in this kingdom he looks at you as blameless he looks at you as never sinned he looks at you as never missed it never got it wrong you are blameless and above reproach in his sight but we spent so much time trying to remind him what it was like in the old school yeah do you remember what I did back then he said no you do realize God doesn't remember your sin right the word tells us in the old covenant that he took our sin and cast them into a sea of forgetfulness and remembers them no more. So if he doesn't remember my sin, why in the world am I trying to remind him of it? Maybe it's time I repent 
and change my mind and realize that I'm not that. I am now a king priest. I am now the one who declares the word of God and decrees the word of a king. And I can change the things that are around me. Go to 2 Corinthians. Oh, glory. Y'all going to have to tell Ted not to preach so good next time. You all really think I'm joking because he and I joke around a lot. I really was doing his notes for the, for the U version and got fired up. I tried to call him. It was like 8 o'clock at night. I said, you up? He texted me at 6 o'clock the next morning. I am now. <laughs> said, I'm glad I wasn't in a ditch somewhere, buddy. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Did I say that? Verse 18. All of this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself. Folks, the reconciliation has already been done. The repentance needs to happen. He's already reconciled you. All the stuff that you got this list of things. That, this was my life and this was. You're talking about your old school. You're in a new school now. And in the new school, there is no old you. Matter of fact, we killed that one. That one's dead and gone. This new one sits right here on the throne with God himself and decrees the will of heaven on the earth. He said, and it was God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So you know what he did? He reconciled us back to him and then told us to go tell everybody else about it. Go tell everybody else that they're reconciled too. Uh, we think it's our, oh, this is going, I'm going to let you answer all the calls. We somehow have fallen into the trap that it's our job to get everybody saved. So we've worked and we've worked and we've worked. That's not the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is to go and say, he's already reconciled you back to him. And all you got to do is change your mind and say yes to what he has already done. Man, it takes all the pressure off of you. You'll quit trying to work and you'll quit trying to... Mm. You got to realize they're being bullied by, their old, by the bully. They haven't left the school yet. And all they have to do is say yes and Papa will transfer them. He'll transfer them right now. The reconciliation work's done. All they got to do is say yes. Ooh. He has reconciled us to himself through Jesus and given us the ministry of reconciliation. I'm telling you, you all, you need to study 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That chapter, and you'll hear it from me a million times, is my absolute favorite. This chapter changed my life. It changed my ministry. When I realized what he was saying... I started preaching different. Oh, well, why? I'll show you in a minute. Verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was where? In Christ. We got this idea that somehow 
the Father turned his back on Jesus on the cross. He didn't. He was with him. And we know he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So guess who else was with him? That trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit went to the cross in the body of Jesus. Well, how can he do that? Because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. It didn't bother him at all to be in those two places at once. But the word says there that it was God in Christ reconciling the world. So what were they doing on the cross? They were reconciling. They were making everything right between the world and themselves. And we somehow walk around like it's our job to get everybody to do it. He's already done the work. He said it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Are you ready? If you're reading King James Version, this is a little confusing. It says, not imputing man's sins. Now, that word imputing simply means this, and I'm going to read it out of modern English because it translates it right. He has reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. See how quiet it got? God was not and is not counting man's sins against them. Some of us better say, oh, thank you, God. He doesn't sit up there with a checkbook saying, oh, nope, Rachel did this. Oh, nope. Uh, uh, Tabitha, thank you, brother. Tabitha did this. Brittany did this. No, it says that God was in Christ making the world right with himself and he is not counting men's sins against him. Well, if he's not counting men's sins against him, how come we still have people sinning? Because they haven't been told that they have already been transferred. The papers has already been done. But we still, still show up for the same school. We've been getting on the same bus. Facing the same bully. And somebody needs to come to him and say, look, you don't have to go there anymore. You don't have to be bullied by that anymore. Come over here. We're treated like kings. Mm. We're this kingdom has been reconciled. It's been restored. It's a new school. It's a new thought process. It's a new mindset. And all of a sudden, when you grasp this, the things you used to do that you were held bondage to, all of a sudden I just, I don't want to do them anymore. Well, did I enjoy them? Well, yeah, they were okay for a time. And when that time's run out, it's like, uh, this just doesn't satisfy anymore. Why? Because it was never meant to satisfy. God wants to put us back in that place on the seat. He says, that it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against him. What was he doing? He was reestablishing his kingdom. Adam, the kingdom he set Adam in in the garden. He is reestablishing that back. Through the person of Jesus. It had to be Jesus. Only God could do that for himself. And has entrusted us the message of reconciliation. So what is the message of reconciliation? It's already been done. You don't have to live over here anymore. Just say yes. Just come with me. 
Leave the old school. Come to the new kingdom school. It's where we're all seated and our, all of our chairs are thrones. And all of our words make mountains move. Mm. Come on. Change your mind. Verse 20. So we are ambassadors for Christ. So that means sometimes I go back to the old school and I stand out front and when they go in, say, hey, you don't have to be bullied by that anymore. You don't have to be bond in bondage to that anymore. You don't have to. You're, there's a new school. Your name's already, you're already on the roll. All you got to do is come on. You've already been signed up. Just come on. It's so much better over here. See, that's the message of reconciliation is sometimes we're ambassadors. We go back out in front of the school and we let them know they don't have to go in here anymore. They don't have to be bullied by addiction. They don't have to be bullied by problems. They don't have to be bullied by sickness and disease. We don't have to be. Well, then why do we still face this stuff? Because sometimes we forget. Martin Luther said we have to hear about grace so much because we forget about it so often. We forget about it so often. Listen, I forget, I forget about my kingship. And I act like a jester. You know what the gestures were called, right? The fools. <laughs> but sometimes I remember. He said, so we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. He's pleading through us. We implore you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Mm. I love verse 21. Verse 19 and 21 changed me. And God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I remember the first time I looked at that. It says, yeah, it says we might be. So I might become righteous. That word might become it actually means, it's not a maybe, maybe not situation. It's not a maybe, maybe not situation. That word might become actually means to come into existence. It means to come upon the stage. It means to be made finished. So what he says there is God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that I would come up on the stage as the righteousness of God. He knew no he made him who knew no sin to be sin so that I would come into existence as the righteousness of God. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that it would be finished that I am the righteousness of God in him. Man, what a kingdom you live in. Where your sins aren't held against you. My goodness. Where my past is gone and I'm not bullied by anything the enemy wants to bully me with anymore. And I have come upon the stage as the righteousness of God. When you look at me, you see the righteousness of God. When you look in the mirror, you see the righteousness of God. 
When you look at your spouse, you look into the eyes of the righteousness of God. And when you find the one on the street or under the bridge, they're still the righteousness of God, but nobody's told them they don't have to be bullied by this anymore. The only thing missing in their life is a yes. The only thing they're coming up short in is a yes. They've changed in their mind to say, I want to be part of the kingdom. I don't want to live in the old school. I want to be part of this kingdom of God. Luke chapter 17. Oh. Mm. Luke 17, <coughs> excuse me, verse 20. And when he was asked by the Pharisees, now who are the Pharisees? Don't read ahead. You're going to get ahead on me. Stop it. Put your pencils down. Who are the Pharisees? They were religious leaders who wanted to kill Jesus. So they weren't followers. And when he was asked of the Pharisees, in other words, the Pharisees had a question. When the kingdom of God would come. So here's the ones, the religious leader says, so when's the kingdom of God going to come? We need to catch this. He answered them, said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, you're not going to look at it and see it. Oh, yeah. You're not going to look and see the kingdom of God. Look at verse 21. Nor will they say, here it is or there it is. For remember. That means they, somebody has what? If he tells you to remember something, that means you've forgotten. It means your mind has picked up another observation. <laughs> your mind has developed another thought. He said, remember, the kingdom of God is within you. Well, that means the kingdom of... And, and you'll read so many translations, guys, that says, well, the kingdom of God is among you. It's the wrong translation. If you look at the original word, it's the word in. It means inside of. So where's the kingdom of God? Inside of you. Who is he talking to? People who didn't even follow him. <laughs> it's already in there. All they, why are we living in the old school? When he's already transferred us. And the only thing missing is a yes. I accept. I leave the old behind. I choose to walk in the new. And in this new kingdom, he says, don't forget. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is inside you. He's translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Luke chapter 22. Man, I am flying through these. Y'all going to get out here early tonight. Can't help it. Luke chapter 22, verse 29. Jesus says to him, And I confer on you a kingdom. In other words, I am delivering to you a kingdom. I am placing upon you a kingdom. 
So if the kingdom is inside me, guess where else it is? It's upon me. I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. So what does this get me then? If the kingdom is in me, the kingdom, he's placing a kingdom on me, what does this get me? Verse 30, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. Uh, in other words, he says, the kingdom of heaven is in you and now I'm placing it on you so that it qualifies you to come in and sit at his table. It qualifies you to live in his presence. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? That doesn't matter anymore because you've been pulled out of that kingdom and you've been placed into his kingdom. And at his kingdom, you're welcome in his throne. You're welcome at his table. You're welcome to eat and drink and come in and sup with him. Man, what a kingdom. <coughs> what a God. He says, eat and drink my table and to sit on thrones. I told you in the new school, all the desks are thrones. <laughs> he invited them to sit on thrones and to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. The world. He says, come in. Take your place on the throne. We are seated together with Christ, Ephesians chapter 2, in heavenly places. He said the kingdom of heaven is within you. He conferred on you a kingdom. In other words, he put you in charge of a kingdom. And because of this, you are now qualified by what he did. Not by anything you did. You are now qualified by what he did. To come into his kingdom and to sit at the table and to eat and to drink and to live a life that you don't have to be bullied by the enemy anymore. This is a total restored kingdom where we sit on thrones. What did he tell man? He put man in the garden. He breathed into man. A man became a speaking spirit, a living soul. It actually meant a speaking spirit. Why? Because he declares the word and decrees the order. Man had to speak. He said, over the fish, over the birds, over everything on this earth, I put you in charge. And here we see Adam fall from his position in the kingdom. But we see Jesus come back and the word calls him second Adam, last Adam. In other words, he came back to be what first Adam was. And to show man, by following him, he has been restored back to that position. To where you declare the word of God and you decree the will of God. The kingdom of Operates, And then he conferred on you. He said, the kingdom is within you. And now I'm going to put it on you. That's your body. That's you. That's everything about you. That's your kingdom. And because of what he did to this kingdom, you're qualified to go into his kingdom. 
and partake of everything that heaven has. Everything that the kingdom of God has is yours. And he doesn't care how often you come in to get it. He doesn't care how often you come in to take away. He doesn't, and let me tell you something, this king is so good that if he doesn't have what you need, he'll invent it for you. But we'll never wear him out because he says that there are treasures in heaven. In fact, he says there's laid up for you treasures in heaven. See, when you're the king, the treasure's yours too. Last scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. You mean, wait a minute. Once I go to the new school, it can't be moved? <laughs> it can't be taken away from me? We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us graciously, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now that doesn't mean you need to be afraid of God. That means you need to be awestruck by God. It should bring awe to me when I think about where I was, what I was, and what I went through, how bullied I was by the power of sin over my life. And he translated me into light. He translated me into the kingdom of his son. And now I'm in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It cannot be moved. And so I stand with graciousness in my heart looking at him with awe and wonder as I just say thank you because that's all the words I've got I can't say anything else the kingdom it's already lined up inside you and he put it on you and he told you to rule and reign in life in Corinthians to rule and reign in life as kings Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 or 6 verse 5 it says he is the king of kings verse 6 says he's made you kings and priests if you're a king you have a kingdom and he crowned you and my job now is to walk to outside the old school so you don't have to be bullied anymore your name's already signed up You've already been admitted. All you have to do is come. All you have to do is say yes, it's all. Just say yes. And we need, as part of us who are over here and living in the new school, we need to remember who we actually are. Yeah, but I can't, I can't move past it. I can't get past it. I can't get past it. Well, then you're living in something that he doesn't even remember. You're in, you're in that pity party all by yourself. Oh, come on. Because he doesn't remember you that way. All he knows about you is you're a king now. All he sees of you is blameless. We, are, we read that. He sees you as blameless. He sees you as above reproach. 
And man, if I realize I'm seen that way, you know what I usually do, Karen? I'll start acting that way. And then the things that I was bullied by, I just kind of lay them down because they're not going to push me around anymore. Because I will declare the word of God and decree the will of God because I'm a king seated on a throne and I eat at his table. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.